Hello, parents, guardians, caregivers, teachers. I'd like to take a minute before the podcast to say thank you for choosing me to be your child's reader for the next half hour or so. You can find the list of stories and songs in the show notes. And this is a very special episode dedicated to the children of Ukraine. We will have songs and stories from the Ukraine, as well as messages of hope and peace. We also have some words of advice for children from a young person who's doing her best to help her homeland. And you can help her homeland, too, by checking out the show notes and clicking the link tree. At the very top of that list of links of all things Raggedy Auntie are two ways that you can donate to help children in Ukraine. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so glad that you are here. Hello, my sweet friends. It's nice to see you again. Come along and read with me. It's my favorite place to be when Raggedy Auntie reads. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to the Book Nook. I'm Raggedy Auntie, and you know what? My heart is a little bit heavy today, and I'm a little bit sad. I just got off the phone with my friend Yelena. She had to move out of her home in Ukraine. She's taking a very long journey to Poland, where she will hopefully find a safe place to stay. You may know that right now there is a war in the country of Ukraine. That means that the place that they live isn't very safe to live anymore. People like my friend Yelena have to become refugees. And refugees is a big word for people that have to leave their homeland because it's not safe and they have to find another place to live. Isn't it wonderful that other countries can help the people of Ukraine right now? Today... We are going to honor people like my friend Yelena and listen to stories and a song from Ukraine, as well as find out ways that we can help find peace. Let's get started. This first story is about what happens when one unlucky man finds success after getting rid of his bad luck in a very special way. But what will happen when his brother gets jealous. The Story of the Unlucky Days by Robert Nisbet Bain. At the end of a village on the verge of the steppe dwelt two brothers, one rich and the other poor. One day the poor brother came to the rich brother's house and sat down at his table, but the rich brother drove him away and said, How dare you sit at my table? Be off. Thy proper place is in the field to scare away the crows. So the poor brother went into the fields to scare away the crows. The crows all flew away when they saw him, but among them was a raven that flew back again. And that raven said to him, Oh, man, in this village thou wilt never be able to live, for here there is neither luck nor happiness for you. But go into another village, and thou shalt do well. 
Then the man went home, called together his wife and children, put up the few clothes that still remained in his wardrobe, and went on to the next village, carrying his water skin on his shoulders. On and on they tramped along the road, but the unlucky days clung on to the man and said, Why dost thou not take us with thee? We will never leave thee, for thou art ours. So they went on with him till they came to a river, and the man, who was thirsty, went down to the water's edge for a drink. He undid his water skin, persuaded the unlucky days to get in, to it, tied it fast again and buried it in the bank close by the river. Then he and his family went on farther. They went on and on until they came to another village, and at the very end of it was an empty hut. The people who lived there had gotten so hungry that they moved away. Then the whole family settled down. One day they were all sitting there when they heard something in the mountain crying, Catch hold! Catch hold! Catch hold! The man went at once into his stable, took down the bit and reins that remained to him, and climbed up into that mountain. He looked all about him as he went, and at last he saw, sitting down, an old goat with two large horns. It was a fairy, but of course he didn't know that. So he made a lasso of the reins, threw them round the old goat, and began to drag it gently down the mountainside. He dragged it all the way up the ladder of his barn, and suddenly the goat disappeared, and showers and showers of money came tumbling through the ceiling. He collected them all together, and they filled two large coffers. Then the poor man made the most of his money, and in no very long time he was well to do. Then he sent some of his people to his rich brother and invited him to come and live with him. The rich brother pondered the matter over. Hmm, maybe he has nothing to eat, thought he, and that is why he sends for me. So he bade them bake a good store of fat pancakes and set out accordingly. On the way, he heard that his brother had grown rich, and the farther he went, the more he heard of his brother's wealth. Then he regretted that he'd brought all the pancakes with him, so he threw them away in a ditch. At last, he came to his brother's house. And his brother showed him first one of the boxes full of money and then the other. Oh, the envy seized upon the rich brother and he grew quite green in the face. But his brother said to him, Look now, I have buried a lot more money in a water skin hard by the river. You must dig it up and keep it if you like, for I have lots of my own here. The rich brother did not wait to be told twice. Off he went to the river and began digging up the water skin straight away. He unfastened it with greedy, trembling hand. But he had no sooner opened it than the unlucky days all popped out and clung on to him. Thou art ours, said they. He went home and when he got there, he found that all his wealth was consumed and a heap of ashes stood where his house had been. So he went and lived in the place where his brother had lived and the unlucky days lived with him ever afterward. <laughs> I guess that we should remember if we find a bottle of unlucky days buried beside a river, it's best not to open it. <laughs> a long time ago, my friend Yulia, who's from Ukraine, taught me a really fun song in Ukrainian. It's called Petu Petu Sklipchik, 
and it means I am baking, baking bread. And that's the very first lyric of the song. Petchu, petchu, cheek. And then we say, Dityam na cheek, which means for the children to eat for lunch. And then we talk about who is going to get what size food. We say, Minshich komu menshich, which means the little kids are going to get little pieces of bread. And then we say, Bilshich komu bilshich. And you can guess that that means the big kids are going to get big pieces of bread. And then my favorite part, we throw the bread in the oven by saying, Shusta peach, shusta peach. Isn't that so much fun? Now there's hand motions that go with it. One is we clap our hands back and forth, saying petchu petchu klib cheek, dityam na obi cheek. And what that clapping does is it sounds a little bit like when people are moving raw bread dough from one hand to the other and they're patting it, patting it, patting it down. And then we get very small, crouch down towards the ground and say, and then we pop up like popcorn and get very, very big when we say, and then take your hands and act like you're throwing bread into the oven and closing the oven door when you say, I think... It's time to sing the song a few times and do the motions together. Petchu petchu tlip chik, dit yam na obi chik, menshich komu menshich, birshich komu birshich, shusta peach, shusta peach. Oh, that was fun. Let's do it again. Petchu petchu tlip chik, dit yam na obi chik, menshich komu menshich, birshich komu birshich, shusta peach, shusta peach. Let's do it faster. Petchu petchu tlip chik, dit yam na obi chik, menshich komu menshich, birshich komu birshich, shusta peach, shusta peach. Can we do it even faster? I don't know. Petchu petchu tlip chik, dit yam na obi chik, menshich komu menshich, birshich komu birshich, shusta peach, shusta peach. You may see a lot of things about Ukraine around your town right now. There might be some flags that are blue on top and yellow on the bottom that represent the sky and fields. How pretty is that? You may also see lots of sunflowers because sunflowers are the national flower of Ukraine. That reminds me of one of my favorite stories about a crow who's a gardener. I wonder if he will ever learn to share. Sunflower Seeds and Crows by Margot Fallis. Crawford, the crow, lived in a garden filled with giant yellow sunflowers with black centers. Some of the leaves were bigger than he was, which was good when it was very hot outside and he needed to find shade. Everywhere he looked in the garden, he saw bright yellow petals. The center of each of the sunflowers was filled with seeds. Crawford tended to every flower, keeping them watered, weeded, and free of bugs. 
At harvest time, he picked each seed, examined them for perfection, and then put them into a burlap sack to save for winter. He had a special place in his garden where he kept the burlap sacks. They were stacked on top of each other, reaching almost as high as the giant sunflowers. The imperfect seeds were put aside and eaten every day for snacks. Crawford lived happily in his garden. Some days, he stood in the dirt looking at the colors surrounding him. There were yellow petals as bright as the sunshine, green leaves and stems, and brown dirt under his feet. He also loved the blue color of the sky, the whites and grays of the clouds, and he even loved the glossy black of his own feathers. One day, as Crawford was weeding his garden, another crow flew down from the sky above and landed on the biggest of all of his sunflowers. To his horror, it began to peck at the seeds in the center. Crawford cried out, dropping his shovel and running over to the flower. My precious seeds, leave them alone. The crow looked down at frantic Crawford. It flew down to the ground next to him. I'm sorry, she told him. I didn't know it was your garden, she apologized. Crawford squawked again, trying to calm himself down. It is my garden. I'd appreciate if you left right now. I'm Cynthia. I flew many miles and I'm tired and hungry. May I please rest here for just a little while? I'll leave soon, I promise, she pleaded. No, you must go right now. I can't risk my precious sunflowers being ruined, even on accident, Crawford demanded, very worried about his garden. Cynthia hung her head low. I'll leave then, she said, sadly. She walked away, leaving Crawford standing among his garden of sunflowers. She turned and looked back at him, sighed, and then walked over to a nearby patch of dandelions. They were soft and fluffy and made her feel better but just by touching them. She smiled, happy to have a place to rest. She lay down on the soft petals and fell asleep. Crawford stood, watching Cynthia walk away and then went back to watering, raking, and weeding. He had a hard time concentrating on his work. He kept picturing how sad she had looked. Maybe I was a little bit mean to her he said. He put his shovel and water can down and went looking for her. He found her sound asleep in the bed of dandelions. Crawford let her sleep and walked around to think. He came upon a patch of green striped watermelon growing among thick and tangled vines and leaves. He thought they looked ready to eat, so he searched for a rock or a stick to break one of them open. He picked up a big speckled rock with his wing, walked over to the watermelon and began hitting it. It took only a few strikes before it burst open, exposing the juicy reddish-pink flesh full of little black seeds. What have we here? he asked. My, oh my, oh, what a delicious-looking melon. He took a deep breath. Ah, oh, it smells even better than it looks. With his wing, he scooped out a big chunk. Excuse me, what are you doing? This isn't your watermelon patch too, is it? Cynthia asked, surprising Crawford. He turned and looked at her. She seemed very angry. Crawford dropped the chunk of watermelon on the ground. I came looking for you. I found you asleep in the dandelions. I saw these watermelons over here, and no, they're not mine, he continued. Would you care to join me? He scooped another chunk of the juicy melon out and handed it to her. Here you go, he said. The starving Cynthia gobbled it up, letting the juice drip all over her black feathers. Crawford joined her, and the two of them ate the whole melon right down to the rind. 
All that was left, besides the rind, was a pile of slippery black seeds. Both crows rubbed their fat little tummies and sat down on one of the thick vines. I think I need a nap now, suggested Crawford. He stood up, stretched his wings, and yawned. <sighs> his big yellow beak opened wide. Me too, giggled Cynthia. <laughs> Crawford said, Cynthia, why don't you come with me to my garden? To stay. You can help me weed and tend my beautiful flowers. We could do things like this every day. Cynthia smiled and answered, Thank you, Crawford. I'd like that. The two of them flew back to Crawford's garden, found some soft dirt under one of the giant sunflower leaves, and took a short nap. As they slept, a gentle breeze blew the erupting dandelions, scattering their little white feathery helicopters through the air. Some landed on the pile of sticky watermelon seeds that Cynthia and Crawford had eaten earlier. Others floated across the deep blue sky, heading towards the horizon. The sun looked down on the two napping crows and began to follow the floating dandelion seeds into nighttime. You know, sharing is one of the ways that we can prevent disagreements. Sometimes disagreements are little, like fighting in the back seat over whose side is whose. And sometimes disagreements can be very big, like war. But sharing is the first step to understanding each other. Listen to what happens when a bunch of animals decide to share in this classic Ukrainian folktale. The Magic Mitten, a Ukrainian folktale translated by Irina Zelesnova. An old man was walking through the forest one day with his dog. He walked and he walked and he dropped his mitten. Just then a mouse came scuttling up and when he saw the mitten, he stopped and climbed right in and said, This is where I'm going to live. After a while, a frog came hopping up, and when he saw the mitten, he stopped and called out, Who is living in this mitten? I am Crunch Munch the Mouse, and who are you? I'm Hopstop the Frog. Let me in. All right, jump in. So the frog jumped in, and the mouse moved over, and the two of them made their home in the mitten. After a while, a rabbit came scurrying up, and when he saw the mitten, he stopped and called out, Hello there, who is living in this mitten? <laughs> We are Crunch Munch the Mouse and Rup, Hop Stop the Frog. And who are you? I'm Fleet Feet the Rabbit. May I join you? All right. Jump in. So the rabbit jumped in and the mouse and the frog moved over and the three of them made their home in the mitten. After a while, a fox came scampering up. Yoo-hoo! Who's living in this mitten? We are Crunch Munch the Mouse. Rup, hop Stop the Frog. And Fleet Feet the Rabbit. And who are you? I'm Smiley Wiley the Fox. Won't you make room for me? So the mouse and the frog and the rabbit moved over and the fox climbed in and the four of them made their home in the mitten. After a while, a wolf came stalking up. When he saw the mitten, he stopped and called out, Hello, friends. Who is living in this mitten? We are Crunch Munch the Mouse. Rup, hop, stop the frog. Fleet Feet the Rabbit 
and Smiley Wiley the fox. And who are you? I'm Howly Prowly the wolf, and I mean to get in. Very well. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I, ow, Ooh, I wouldn't this is mind over, just let me know. So the wolf climbed in, and the mouse, and the frog, and the rabbit, and the fox moved over, and the five of them made their home in the mitten. After a while, a wild boar came sauntering up. Who is living in this mitten? We are. Crunch Munch the mouse. Rup, hop Stop the frog. Fleet Feet the rabbit. Smiley Wiley the fox. And Howly Prowly the wolf. And who are you? I'm Snout Rout the boar. And I'm sure you want me in there too. <laughs> oh dear, You won't dear. find it easy to get in, Snout Everybody wants to get into this mitten. Rup, gotta move over. Never mind, I'll manage. In you go then. Rup, don't say we didn't warn oh, you. Oh, my toesies, my kickers, my toesies. My goodness, I think I just got an elbow in my ribs. I say, old chap, wouldn't you mind moving your little piggy hooves? So the boar squeezed in, and then there were six of them in the mitten, and they were so cramped that they couldn't move. By and by, with a crackling of twigs, a bear came lumbering up, and when he saw the mitten, he stopped and bellowed. Hello, good people. Who is living in this mitten? We are Crunch Munch the Mouse, Rops Hop Stop the Frog, Fleet Feet the Rabbit, Smiley Wally the Fox, Howly Prowly the Wolf, and Snout Rout the Boar. And who are you? Ho, 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 I'm Grumbly, Rumbly the Bear, and though you're quite a crowd, I know you'll make room for me. How can we? Uh, we are cramped as it is. Where there's a will, there's a way. Scoot over, buddy. I'm coming in. Oh, my goodness. It's too crowded in here. Oh, my ears, my ears. My little mousy tail. Rook, I'm not slippery enough for I this. I say, old chap, could you mind keeping your smelly bear hairs Don't out Don't forget of my you're not mouth. the only one here. So the bear squeezed in, too, and now there were seven of them inside the mitten. And they were so cramped that the mitten was about to burst. It was just about then that the old man realized that he had dropped his mitten and he missed it and decided to go back and search for it. He walked and he walked and his dog ran and ran until at last he saw the mitten lying in the snow moving and as you can guess the dog began to bark and all seven friends inside the mitten were so frightened that out they jumped and away they ran as fast as their legs could carry them that dog has a mighty bark i've got to get out of here Rawr, gotta get back down to my pond oh dear i think it's about time for tea my goodness that dog is big i do believe my mother is calling i me. guess i gotta get on then the old man came up and he picked up his mitten and that was the end of that Before our final song, friends, I want to tell you about my new friend, Catherine. She is six years old, and her family comes from both the Philippines and Ukraine. When she and her family heard about what's happening and how people are losing their homes and all of their important things, including the country in which they live, they were so sad. They knew that the Ukrainian people would need a lot of help. So you know what Catherine did? She started making bracelets and she 
is selling them and giving all the money that she makes to the people in Ukraine to help them buy food, find places to stay, or even pay for passage to leave the country like my friend Yelena. Catherine works very hard on these bracelets every day, and her mother helps her sell them online. I actually bought one, and it is so pretty. I'm very excited to wear this and show people that I support the people of Ukraine. I asked Catherine to give us some advice. I know a lot of you want to be helpful and want to help us find peace. So Catherine has some advice for you. Listen to what she has to say. For the people in Ukraine in a war, you could donate money and like donate stuff to make money for Ukraine and pray for them and sell lemonades for them and you can buy stuff for them and mail leathers for them and make bracelets for them and help the kids who have no homes. You can give them food, you can give them cards, you can give them anything that you have and you don't want to use anymore. Pray for all of the kids and for Ukraine to be safe. I am so impressed at all of these ideas, Catherine. Thank you so much for sharing that advice with us. Thank you for the bracelet. And I am so excited for what you are going to do in the future. It's a scary time right now. And to all of my sweet friends, I hope that you remember that you can ask your parents, your guardians, your teachers, and your babysitters any questions to help you understand what's happening out there. The world can be a little scary sometimes, and it can sometimes make us sad. But just like Catherine, we have to find ways to help. When I was Catherine's age, things like this were happening in the Middle East and in Bosnia. And it was pretty scary, and I got kind of sad, and I tried to find ways to help. But I also found a song that I sang almost every day, and I want you to learn this song too. It's called Peace is the World Smiling. Peace is the world smiling. Peace is a gentle dove. Peace is sharing. Peace is caring. Peace is filling the world with love. Peace is the world smiling. Peace is the world smiling. Peace is a gentle star. Peace is sharing. Peace is caring. Peace is filling the world with smiling. Peace is the world smiling. Peace is the world smiling. Peace is a gentle star. Peace is the world smiling. Peace is filling the world with smiling. Peace is a gentle smiling. Peace is a gentle caring. Peace is sharing. Peace is caring. Peace is filling the world with love. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I started today feeling a little bit sad and kind of scared, but listening to Catherine give advice and listening to these wonderful stories about sharing and, of course, 
singing a Ukrainian song about baking bread for children to have for lunch filled my heart with peace and some joy. Finding stories and songs are a great way to soothe ourselves, aren't they? And remember, you can always ask questions of the adults around you, and they'll give you the best answer that they can. I hope that you stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep reading. Stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Until the day comes we meet again. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading, my friend.